since the beginning, Matt. Yes. We have said we got to get Aaron Foley in here. Since week one. Since literally week one. We're now in week like 110. And finally, it's happening. We have manifested it. It's been a long time coming. She is, uh, she's such a beloved comic. I feel like especially here in Los Angeles. And she's just, she's so generous and kind and obviously hilarious. Right. I just adore her. She is the best. Uh, if you are in the Los Angeles area or ever planning on visiting, uh, go to one of her Gays R Us shows yep. at uh, the Improv. Or go see her on Tuesday nights. She uh, co-hosts uh, Drunk on Stage Drunk at Akbar with uh, our friend Bruce Daniels. Yep. have You've done that uh, that particular show. I, I don't even want to say it out loud, but yes, I've done it a few times. And honestly, you know, I've dabbled in stand-up. I've never been a, a true stand-up comedian, but uh, I know we both, we have similar tortured relationships with stand-up. Yeah. But in the brief window of time where I did think that I wanted to do it, Aaron was so supportive and yeah. so kind. And yeah. I did have, I had like, like a, I'd do like a couple shows there and they would go kind of well and it would be encouraging. And then I would bomb so horrifically. It would be like, I, 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 yeah. I can never speak in public again. Yeah. It's mortifying in that way, isn't it? Oh, but you've done drunk on stage. I mean, there's I've done, I have, the I've done it a few times and I've had a very similar experience. Um, as a matter of fact, I did drunk on stage. And then from that, Aaron asked me to do a gays R us show at the improv and that went well. And then somebody on that bill and stop me if I've told you this, no. but was like, Oh, I do a show up in yes, Ventura. Yes. You should come and do it. And I did it. And I could not have eaten it worse. This is when I believe you showed up and you were told, Oh, you're going to, you have an, yeah, an you hour, have 25 minutes, 25 minutes, which yeah. feels like, which feels hours. like, yeah, it was absolute torture and everybody else on the bill knew exactly what they were doing you know like they knew the crowd and they knew how to to get them motivated i sure did not but i had a lot of time um if you uh, i i have an indelible memory like there are happy memories that won't stay in my head Mm. but then there's the memory of like getting off stage after just essentially doing the world's most boring ted talk (laughs) For a drunk audience, um, grabbing the fifty dollars in cash that I got for being the headliner, getting in my broken ass used old car, and laugh crying the entire drive home from Ventura. I'll never forget that. That shit is indelible. Just a full Annette Benning yes. meltdown and yes. oof. one sponge away from a full Annette Benning. Um that's a dour note to bring Aaron d- Foley Yeah, you out. know who won't cause that reaction in you is our dear, dear Aaron Foley. Yeah, and that's the thing. She makes it seem so easy. She's so yeah. naturally funny and good at this kind of thing. Um, but let's stop talking about it and let her fucking get in here. Yeah. Can you handle your own truth? <laughs> This week, handling your own truth with Aaron Foley. <laughs> I can't. What is your truth today? I mean, how is your day Are we going? recording? Yeah. We are. Oh, what is my truth today? Um, it's like day 13 of no snoozing. Of no. Um, oh. <laughs> that's my new thing. I'm trying not to hit the snooze button. Oh. And today was particularly gruesome. So what, what time do you get up? Uh, I try to get up around seven. Yeah. So I got up at like twelve after. I did. I did one snooze, but it felt like a defeat. But I was like, no. Usually it's like a long snooze. It's not my. It's not my thing. The morning. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm trying. Is there anything better than when you wake up, realize you don't have to be up, and then sleep for two more hours? That's the greatest. That's I mean, the dream. But I never do that because I always like when you're self-employed. You always there's always something. Right. I try to do eleven to seven. But then I, if I have show, you know what I mean? If I'm on the road, then it's like, you know, free for all. Then it's like two to nine, (laughs) three Mm -hmm. to 10. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, but when I'm in LA, I'm like, you know, it's such an early city. I can't believe how, I don't know. I'm still amazed how early LA is. It can be. Yeah. I mean, it can be. I mean, with comedy, I'm not, when I do spots, I don't. I'm not coming home at 2 a.m. Like, if someone's like, oh, we've got, like, an 11 o'clock show, I'm like, are you out of your mind? Yeah. No. Yeah, who is doing an 11 o'clock show? It's just, it's- like, you know, clubs and stuff. You know what I mean? But I'm like, no, I'm not going. This is a thing that I've been thinking lately. Um, I feel like 
I might have a stand-up career if there were more late afternoon shows. <laughs> you know what I mean? If yeah. there was a four o'clock show, yeah. I would be the Richard Pryor of yeah. late. I can't even say Richard yeah. Pryor. So there's work to be done. But I, I truly feel like there needs to be, for people in their 40s who still want to go out and see shows, yeah. they need to be starting at like 4.30. Yeah. That's and they hilarious. need to be at the bar at the grocery store. I thought you were going to say like 7, but you're like, no, full on. No, I want, yes, on high in the sky. Siesta, comedy. Yes. And for me, yeah. the only thing, part of that that is not appealing is that tends to be my energy lull. Late yeah. afternoon is hard. Yeah. yeah. Morning would be great. I'd love a 10 a.m. A 10 a.m. That serves cold brew. Oh. 10 a.m. Saturday morning comedy show. This is you're describing my worst I'm nightmare. Just, really? Oh, well, yeah. I, I, the daylight is tough. The day I did a show at the Portland Queer Comedy Festival, and they it was a seven o'clock. But you know, Portland stays light till like one a.m. Yeah, yeah. this time of year, and they didn't have like cur- it was like in an alternate space. Whatever, it was totally fine. Just sunlight streaming in, and I was like, people were blo- like, you know, blocking oh. their eyes for sunlight. I was like, this is this is insane. <laughs> like, you need darkness. Yeah, you need darkness. You need people hiding. I think it's like because I'm when I'm on the road, it's like I do. You know, it's eight o'clock, ten o'clock. You get in rhythm. You go to bed super late. So when I come back to the city, I'm like, oh yeah, no, like I can't do anything after eight. Like yeah. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want like a life. Uh, what is what is your rhythm right now? You're not on the road. You're here. You're in your 11 to 7 groove. Yeah, for a, like I'll do like I'll be back for two weeks and then I'll go out again. Then I'll be back for a week and I'll go out again. And is um, that what's are you are you about to go out again? Yeah, in two weeks or about 10 days I have. I work for uh, the next gig is Atlantis Events. Have you guys done ever those yeah, gay boy so cruises really and resorts? I've been talking about it for a long time. Oh my, they are they are, they have made up, I say they've made up for every, can I swear on this? Absolutely. Yeah. Shitty fucking fuck gig I've ever done for 19 years. Yeah. The, I mean, I don't know how it is as a gay man, because yeah. like for me, I am, I am invisible. It's the, like, I could be on fire on like the top deck and they'd be like, it's hot in here. Like they don't, I don't <laughs> exist. So it's a dream. Well, like these are specifically gay male cruises. It's, it's all gay just- male. They're, I mean, you know, it's the world's best crowd. Gay men are, they just, they're laughing. They are happy. They have no kids and they have flush with money. Yeah. It's the greatest crowds ever. And then I can just, you know, just wear shorts and a t-shirt and just put a baseball hat on, get coffee, have a beer. Like the, I don't, it's amazing. Like no one looks at me. And how many shows do you have to do? Not that many comparative, you know what I mean? Like if I'm at a comedy club, it's five shows of an hour. On Atlantis, it's probably one hour show and like another night of like maybe two 15 minutes or something like that. It's like relatively speaking um, because they're there to, you know, party and dance and, oh, there's comedy. Like it's a pretty low stress bar. We got to do that. Matt, we've got to get on one of those cruises. But I am terrified of everything that I happens too. when you're not on stage. Yeah. So what are you doing? Yeah, when but you're not you on can stage? have any. That's the greatest thing. Like you can have any cruise you want. You know, like this one in August. It's probably it skews older because it's all all over Europe, right? So you're not. But you can get on a twink. You know, twenty two year old. God knows what they're shoving up every orifice mm-hmm. cruise. You know what I mean? Like you that's can. That's the one Dave wants. To yeah, Absolutely. that's what you're. When you said four thirty comedy show, yeah. I thought you got to get on the twink boat. Yeah, yeah, because you're just getting up around four, Perfect. and then boom, uh-huh. you hit them with the comedy. Then get they start out their, their night. There you go. Get them with their bacon. Yeah, so you can as as a comic and also obviously as a, a you know citizen on the boat, you can blow it out. You can go to bed at eight. Like you can have any life you want, you know, which is super cool. And then, you know, plan your trip accordingly. You know, you can do Caribbean twink. You can do, you know, older, skewing a little bit older Barcelona to Rome. You Uh know, it's, it's awesome. Matt, what's your dream cruise? Um, I think, God, there's no such thing. I'm trying to, to muster one up. I, it it does sound like my worst nightmare every version. Also, I'm curious in these male Atlantis ones that you're going on, if the uh, if any of the other performers are gay men. Yeah, there are. Oh yeah, like Brad Lokley does. You guys know oh, Brad. Sure. I just got Solomon Giorgio on on it. Um, you know, with my Gays R Us show, like they'll come and kind of scout and because it's it's a it's hard. It's the hardest for gay male comics, hands down. Yeah, because yeah. you guys are we very are judgy. Mean yeah, to our own people, we're les lesbos. Yeah, so ladies, 
we're very much like it's a, an easier crowd. It's always hard, but it's a, you get a little bit more leeway, yeah. you know? Um, and lesbos on my end are extremely intimidating, you know? So it's just your kind, you know what I mean? Sure. It's like, um, but no, I, I, I think the gay men, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a tough fit comedy wise. Mm -hmm. You you know what I mean? They, but once you hit, you're in and then you get to go to all these wonderful places, you know? Yeah. And then they're happy yeah. to see you. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do that. We got to do live episodes oh, God. on an Atlantis cruise. We'll do like three episodes with the comics on the cruise. I'm feeling anxiety just thinking about it. I, I'm um, telling you, it's so fun. Mm, I bet it would be really fun. Yeah. I think you guys have, would have an awesome time and let me know how I can help. Okay, great. Let's get that done. Um, what is on your your um, DVR at the moment? What are you watching? Are you binging anything? Well, one's em terribly embarrassing. Um, but I've- This is a no shame zone. I've gotten sucked into, well, mostly I'm going to say it's primarily sports. I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan, yeah. but um, I've been, I, I get sucked into Bachelor in Paradise. That's not, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about it's that. It's a very safe space My partner, she lives in New York and she's visiting this week. And uh, we went out to dinner and I was like, we got home at like 8.45 and I was like, let's just, because uh, my sister and I live together temporarily and which is so awesome. It's my twin. Oh, and my twin sucked me into like the bachelorette and BI. And I was like, I'm, I'm drawing a line at BIP. Uh -huh. And now I'm like, I was almost like fast paced walking to get homeless <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by like 8.45 to see the rest of BIP. Yeah. It is like... It, it just, I can't stop. Like they're, they're all like, they're wonderful and then terrible. And they're, I think collectively they share one brain cell Absolutely. and I'm like, let I'm all in. Yeah. I can't stop. For me, a major concern is that everybody is certain that they're very, very funny mm. on Bachelor in Paradise. Like yeah. they are, they are certain. They're funny. <laughs> and they're not, they're not. No. Funny. No. Um, and it's, and it's in their intros. It's yeah, in the, it's no, in that that's true. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, that Jordan guy. He thinks he is. Yeah. Very did you see it last funny. night? I did, but I was not really retaining much. He was well because you're probably interested in life. Um, Jordan's intro package last night. It was so, and he's a lunatic, but he's fun. He's funny in a way, but now they're forcing him into stand-up comedy. Oh boy! They are forcing him into like cutaway, like what's going on with the bullet? You know, yeah. you're like, oh no, it's full on package stand-up. Yeah. yeah. And when you just let him be the the crazy like. Like now it's not organic is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Now it's, it's, it's very probably produced. scripted. Pretty, yeah. 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 Um, I do enjoy a bachelor in paradise. Do you yeah. have a, do you have like a, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite of all time? There is one correct answer. Oh, but wow. in BIP. Yes. Oh, um, there's one correct answer. Not necessarily this season. Uh, you mean like couples or just sure, individuals? Couples? Yeah. Individuals, couples. Uh, well, um, I guess like some, there's, I also, at the end of the day, I'm such a sucker for romance sure. and I want everything yeah. to work out. Yeah, of course. So I do think the, uh, um, the Evan Carly couple. That's a very nice thing. They're sweet. Yeah. Because he, and then we actually met them in Nashville when I did, uh, I used to co-host a bachelorette, or a will you accept this rose with Arden um, Marine, oh, yeah. who's one of my favorite people on earth. And then I got super busy and she became obsessed. I was like, I can't do this every week. So I just do, now I just go bop on. But we did a live show in Nashville and they were on the show. Oh. And first of all, I've always loved her. She's always been one of my absolute favorite. Him I was on the fence with. Sure. He was totally nice, but she was like a complete rock star. Yeah. So I'm like, I've got a, Carly might be like, Right up there, Carly's. Yeah, Carly's a contender. Yeah, but this is—is is this? Am I right? This is the incorrect answer. This is not the right answer. Yeah, oh. the right answer, of course, is uh, grocery store Joe and Kendall. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I just found out that they're still dating. They're still together, creating a lot of content on Instagram. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. This show has essentially become like a grocery store Joe. I've never even seen it, but grocery yeah. store Joe 
you know, fanfic. Well, yeah. Can you give me an update? They're doing well. Where they are they? Live in together. Chicago? They live together? They live together in West Hollywood. No, they they're, in, here. they're in yes. West Hollywood. I've said this on the show before, but I saw them in person. I was driving down Santa Monica. They were coming the other way. I fully flipped a U in the no. middle of the Dave. street so I could drive past them, get out of my car, give myself business at the, at the, the parking meter no. while they passed. Uh, they had iced coffee. I'm learning so much about you right now. Yeah. This is awesome. So here's the deal. Um, both of them, they just eat their way through the city, right? Okay. Because um, he comes, you know, obviously from the, the grocery store yeah. world. So he knows yeah. his produce. So he goes through the city and he just, and he's like, oh, here, here's a burger. And then he like eats it and he's like, oh, I was pretty good. B minus, right? He just rates food through no. the whole city. That's his entire thing. I think they have a deal with some wine vendor now because yeah. just last night they're like use you know hashtag Joan Kendall for 20% off a oh box of God. wines from Natural Wine Company or whatever yeah so they have some sponsorships they I'm certain he will give her a Neil Lane uh, engagement ring soon enough Do you, they're in love like they're I uh, think so they're doing it I think so I think it was a success whenever oh. I hear and this isn't a slight uh, this is a slight on me whenever I hear people like um you know, like to say, let's just say YouTubers or reality stars, like killing it with income on Instagram. Yeah. My first thought is I overthink every moment of my life. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. I, I should just go pick up my phone and go, yeah. watermelon yeah. And, and just call it a day. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like why I am really trying. Why are you cursed? Why yeah. am I cursed with caring and, and some intellect? Too much yeah. intellect. Yeah, underthinking is the key. Underthinking, like yeah. the fr- when you, I was like, "Why am I not going around and just like rating sports venues yeah. and going, ah, there's lesbians? Like, <laughs> why am I not getting sponsored by? I love wine. Yeah, I could have a wine right now. Why are we all why? not sponsored? This is by it. Big underthinking. Wine? We're underthinking. Underthinking. Huh. Wait, can we go back to twin sister? Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew this about you. Oh, she's the greatest. Identical. Uh, fraternal. But would a would a stranger on the street confuse? The no, not at all. Okay. No, I have an older sister, and we look, I think, very much alike. And my twin and I, I think, we look like sisters. But I would never like. I'm always amazed. Sometimes when I have my glasses on and she wears glasses all the time, the, someone will go, "Are you twins?" And I'm always kind of blown away by. But maybe it's mannerisms, and I'm not seeing yeah, what they're yeah. seeing. Um, but yeah, she. Uh, we all lived in New York City for a very long time, and then. I moved out here, and then Megan moved out here probably five or six years ago and lived uh, down the street, and then her building went to condo, and I have a two-bedroom, and I was like, just move in temporarily, yeah. and uh, she's about to move in with her boyfriend, but it's been—we haven't lived together since we were, like, 16. Oh, that's It's fun. been so—I mean, I'm oh, and I'm always traveling, and it's been so awesome. I was like, I, want, I don't want her to move in with her boyfriend. Um but uh, yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. So she has two cats, mm. um, and then I had a cat. So that was part of a joke on my new album. Was literally I had it was like I lived with my twin. We have three cats, and I'm like, how did I get here? Like how? <laughs> what is? But you know, it was just easy to make fun of. It was actually like completely fine. But on the paper, you're like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm living with my twin, and we have three cats. It's like, oh God, <laughs> just time to jump off the balcony, yeah. you know. But um. Or yeah, time to write best. a pilot about or, it. Or, hey. <laughs> what is this album you speak of? Uh, tell. New comedy album called Deep Dive. I just put it out maybe two months ago. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. You know how it is. It's years in the making, and then you put an album out, and then you start touring, and then everyone wants to hear those jokes, and you're like, if I have to say that joke again, I'm going to lose my mind. But you have mm-hmm. to like keep them fresh, and you're like... And meanwhile, one of my cats now has passed away. My, and I'm like, we have three cats. I'm like, oh, oh no. I can't tell that joke ever again. Uh, but no, it was it was uh, it was a long time of the making. I don't know. Sometimes you feel funny and the jokes fly out of you, and then sometimes you're like, I'll never write anything ever again. So I, it was kind of years between albums. So I was just kind of relieved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like sometimes you feel so confident about stuff, and then the other times you're like, I should retire and be. Chase watermelons around and yeah, be a librarian. Right. Yeah, I'm always struggling with that. You can do those things too. Yes, you don't have to choose. Yeah, where did you record it? I recorded at New York Comedy Club in New York City. That was the first comedy club I ever told the joke at. Whoa! So, and I kind of wanted to do it on the East Coast. I wanted to do it in New York, but then you know, New York is so 
you know, complicated. And I was like, I just, I wanted to make this easy. And so I was thinking theater and then New York Comedy Club, there's new owners now. So they have two locations um, and they've completely transformed the club. It's such a great, it's a great club. It's on 24th and four, or first and second. Um, and uh, it was awesome. So I met with them, got a little tour, did some shows there. It felt good. And it was great. It nice. was, it was just like a full circle sweetness. Mm. Who do you like in the world of comedy now? Um, no always one. been obsessed with Maria Bamford. Sure, you know she does practice shows at like eleven a.m. in like coffee shops I've in Altadena. Really? Yeah. Facebook. When you said four thirty, I'm like, yeah, that's your yeah. girl. I'm like, you. That she literally does that. She only does comedy at night, like out of town when she's getting paid. Like that's her oh. rule to like keep herself, you know, healthy. Yeah, I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I'll see Facebook posts. It's like, can someone meet yeah. me for coffee at 9 a.m. and I can do practice my yeah. new half hour? I thing? just texted her. I was like, keep me posted because I'm in town. I'll do up to see just to see Marie, Maria of work course. out stuff. Yeah. Like we'll do, I'll do what I call joke machine with Jackie Cation. You guys know Jackie, sure, right? Of course. So Jake, Jackie's, I call the president of stand up comedy. You know, she's <laughs> one of my all time favorites and she's like obsessed with stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, I give my relationship stand up like a like a healthy B B minus, and she's like A plus plus plus, right? Yeah. So we'll write together um, whenever we're kind of in town, and then sometimes Maria, because Jackie tours with Maria, Maria will like sit down and go, "Okay, I'm I'm work." So I'll do a joke, Jackie'll do a joke, and then Maria Bamford will do a joke, and you go, "I should can we leave? Yeah. Like, can we get up?" And but she's just such a joy. She makes me laugh so hard. So I think, you know, she's always been one of my favorites, but to this day, like, I'll go to Altadena next Tuesday at 9 a.m. and see whatever she's working on. Oh, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, Do you remember, by the way, what your first joke was at the New York Comedy Club? I remember remember doing some sort of joke about about how fun it would be. Now, this was... Oh, a long time ago. And it didn't work. Let's just say that for everybody listening. About how fun it would be to be like gently stalked. Again, I just the only thing yeah, I could remember, yeah, yeah. just like because I, I I watch a lot of like action films and I it was something tied into like action films and it seemed fairly harmless because it was gonna be a lady. Uh-huh. Um it was a different time. Sure. And uh yeah, it was sort of like they pop up and you're like, Oh, Carol, you know, like I uh, yeah. but then I just remember trying it a couple of times being like, oh, okay. this is <laughs> it. But that's the only like that's the only thing I can sort of remember. Like very first, like sure. first couple of times. Who did you bring? Because I was for sure a bringer. Oh right? yeah, New York Comedy Club, three yeah. people, six thirty. Yeah, I did that, and then at the Old Gotham on twenty first. Sure. For the first three years, six thirty Saturdays, you'd go to the window and you'd be looking out to see if your people came for three people for six minutes. Yeah. And I would stay in touch with people I did not have anything in common with, uh, and I'd be like, I hope. You know, Bridget shows up or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and then you have to hang out with them yeah. after because they came to their show. It was exhausting. Um, well, my best friend Carrie and she, and uh, she couldn't make it back to the taping. She lives in Philly now, but oh, m- m- both my sisters came. Car- but Carrie was there for mm. all of them in the beginning. She was a total rock star. Carrie's a rock. Yeah, she was. I mean, she put up with like you know a gentle stalking joke. Uh-huh. And then had to encourage me after. Yeah. Instead of like, ooh, Foley, yeah. might want to r- wrap it up. And then other comics. Yes. Like, that's the top. 24 other comics, yes. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Show starts at 6 30, you know, closes at midnight. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Those are, those are friends. Those are like family and friends that you have to hang on to for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Did you guys do it? Did you guys start out in LA or is it New York? Yeah. I mean, well, New I, York. New York. I did a, some bringer shows here that yeah. I'm traumatized to even think about. And yeah. I would, I would just buy everyone's tickets for them and then yeah. just give them for free. I was, so I was paying to do, to do stand up. Yeah. yeah pretty much so mortifying. Yeah. Oh God. Well, you had a bit, I mean, this might be on your album. I'm going to fuck it up. And I don't mean to turn you into a monkey here, but it's something about going through a breakup and getting back out there, charging through the Abbey, 
Like, yeah, uh, it's not. I, I actually never recorded that on any album. Uh, but that's what it felt like. Yeah, it was, I went through a series of aggressive breakups. <laughs> and it was like, people just go, you know, you just got to get yourself back out there. You know, like, and it was something like, yeah, it was like being like, almost like in the Marines, you just yeah. go into the Abbey with like, you're just taking bullets and you're like, <laughs> and you're like spitting them out. And you're like, just get, let's get do this. Just get back out there. Like a like an army crawl through the abbey. Just. Oh, that one really spoke to my soul. Yeah. Um, why don't we let's take a break and come back and talk about your aggressive breakups. <laughs> yeah. Fleur. I love Fleur. I don't care who knows it. Fleur makes great smelling non-toxic perfumes. And unlike other people who make fragrances, they are transparent about it. They tell you every ingredient that goes into their perfumes and why it's there. So you get a good scent and you get it made with clean ingredients. Now that autumn is upon us, I go for my Hepcat. It smells so nice. It makes me want to put on like a, a, a tweed jacket, read a dusty old book. Just smells like autumn and I love it. The sample process for the scent that is right for you is just plain fun. Go to phlur.com slash homo today and check out our homophilia curated sample set and get 20% off your first custom Fleur sample set. That is fleur.com slash homo to get your first three Fleur fragrance samples at 20% off. What a deal. phlur.com slash homo. You know, Today Ticks is not just for last-minute tickets. You can also buy tickets months in advance. Whether you're feeling spontaneous or you just want to browse, you know you are getting the best prices when you scoop up tickets on the Today Ticks app. Today Ticks is the easiest way to get theater tickets at the best prices, and all from your phone. It's convenient. It's revolutionary. Forbes magazine calls it the Uber of Broadway tickets. Get to know your own city in a different way or find something to see while you're out traveling. Whether you want to see the show that everyone's been talking about, discover something completely new, do something weird, pretend you're someone else, change your name. Today Ticks offers tickets for theater, live comedy, dance, opera, immersive theatrical experiences, and more. You never know what you're going to find. Matter of fact, last time I was in New York City, I used Today Ticks to snap up one single ticket for the share show. And I'm so glad I did because it just closed and I got to see it before it did. And it's kind of all I want to talk about. There's something going on in your city and you don't want to miss out. Go to todayticks.com slash homo and use promo code homo to get 10 bucks off your first Today Ticks purchase. That is promo code homo at todayticks.com slash homo for 10 bucks off your first ticket purchase. Todayticks.com slash homo. We are back with Aaron Foley. Aaron. Now I'm obsessed with 430 comedy shows. Sorry. Yeah, let's do one. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It might be a hit. You never know. There's an audience out there. If you go into spaces that are have blackout curtains, it could be any time. It could be any time of the day. So that because that's the hard part for you is just simply the daylight. That's the yeah. I I can't. I have I have such a routine. You know what I mean? Like I have such a routine when I nights of shows that four or four thirty, that's like the gym time. Right. That's when I'm like, oh, I gotta I gotta get my energy up and then eat and then pre you know what I mean? It's like a like a well oiled machine. So that would mean I'd be like, you know, prepping at one. The whole yeah. it would be you know what I mean? It it's Yeah. It'd be all thrown to, off. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. I'm gonna try. Um you mentioned a partner. Yes. How long have you been with this lady? Um, a y- going on a year and a half, but we dated four, f- 15 years ago wow. for like three months. True yeah. lesbo fashion. Um, we dated in 2004 for like three months. Um, but I had just, that was like fresh off my like first, it was like a, my first girlfriend. So I was like a hot mess when we met. Um but we always stayed in touch, and uh, yeah, I, I've always been, like, just president of her fan club. She's super wonderful. And then she moved out of New York, and she was in Portland, and then I would be – I did a show a couple years ago in Portland, and we connected, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. 
spiritually. And then um, we like did a lot of, you know, poetry readings to each other. Sure, like you do. And uh, yeah, we made out and stuff. And then um, then I saw her a couple summers ago. I was like in New York a lot performing and I saw her and I tried to convince her to like sort of date me. And she was like, no. And then I just kept trying. And then I got her January of like 2018. It was like a really cold New York. And I was like, hey, you want to come out for a weekend? It's like 80. And then she came out in February of 2018. And then that was kind of it. And never went back? No, no. She went, we went <laughs> back and forth. Can you imagine you if her? that was like the door lock, the door locks <laughs> from the inside? Um, uh, yeah. So we've been doing long distance for a year and a half, but uh, she's, we're working on a plan for her to move out here. Nice. Yeah. The end, the end of this year, the beginning of next. How often are we seeing each other? We've done a really good job. It's like every couple of weeks we've seen each other because she works, um, she's in marketing, but she has a job like from home so she can kind of Mm. be on the road. So she has met me in all my like kind of crazy cities performing. We'll spend an extra couple of days just with each other. So that's been super cool. And then I'm obsessed with New York City so I can go back and work and so I've just been spending a lot of extra time in New York, which has been so fun. Mm So, yeah, we've just done a really good job. And I think it's because we kind of knew when we got back together, like, for me, I was like, I have never kind of known with anyone where I'm like, oh, this is this is my person. So I have, like, um, I, have my, I have done stuff that I didn't think I was, like, humanly, like, like you know what I mean? Like, somebody just keep going, right? And now I'm in my 40s. I'm like, my behavior's not really going to change. But I have full on been like, what can I do? What I, I'm like, she's it. I have to lock her down. What can I do to make this work? Yeah. How, like, how I will I literally do anything. Yeah. And has she had requests? Well, I mean, you know, when you go that extra mile, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I feel like I've probably got in past relationships, gone that extra mile on occasions, you know? Um, but I think with her... I will, like, every day I'm like, that's part of the no, like, I just, the no snoozing, like, I just want to be, like, the best version of myself. I've never Mm -hmm. said that sentence ever in my, I'm always like, Uh, a lot of growling. I don't know what that was. Uh, But with her, I'm like, let's, okay, let's do this. Like, we're going to, like, a couple's counseling for, like, money stuff. That's my worst nightmare. Literally my worst nightmare. And I'm like, let's do this. Let's get on the same page. I'm like, who who am I? But, like, it's her. So I'm like, let's do this. And it's so great you're doing that now. Yeah. Because those are the kinds of things most couples ignore, and then they sneak up on you 10 years later. She's so, like, self Like, she's just, like, like a (laughs) grown-up Like, she's so on point, you know? And I'm like, okay, let's, yeah, let's do this. And before I'd be like, what? You, no, I'm fine. You know, so she is, yeah, she is it. I'm going to make her a, a Yankees fan, and uh, she's watching more sports with me. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. How does that process it. work? I uh, I say well I have to I have to just figure out the language around it because a co- like a month ago I went to, I'm like obsessed with UCLA softball these women I mean it's like it's like seven bucks you're in this beautiful stadium in Westwood you know and you're watching these like premier um, softball I will also go see like ping pong championships in like Taipan tomorrow so I I, I I'm obsessed but I said hey do you, let's go on a date on Saturday night. And my date was 5.30 softball and then dinner after. So now I realize I have to go, hey, do you want to see a softball game and then go on a date after? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, okay, yep, all right. So And then she's totally up for it, you know? But I did... um, I did screw that one up a little bit, but uh, no, she's totally like, she's totally up for whatever. And nobody needs to be on my sports level. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's nice that she's just kind of up for stuff and not like I could go see something every night, you know, like I love it. You pointed out she's a grown up. Yes. Meaning you've dated some non grown ups. No, I am. I need to, I need to, I feel like a grown up, but I guess it's like, um, I've just, I've been in this like creative stand up writing podcast. You know, I've been in this world for so long and there's just always kind of like this way I've been doing things. Right. So I think I have to make, I have to make changes when 
like now I feel like, okay, this is a partnership. I want to get married. I've never said that before. Mm. Like we're going to live together. And it just feels like now I've got to figure out some other stuff that are for us and not just for myself. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I go along and I go, oh, well, you know, there's a paycheck there. I'll do this or I'm going to write. You know what I mean? But now it's sort of now um, just a different way of doing things because it's, you know, it's us. I guess that's what I mean. Have you dated a lot of comics in the past? No, never. No. You stayed no. always stayed away. Yeah, I, I, one of my, like, sort of a couple, like, I hung out with this woman for a couple months, like when I first realized I was gay, I was trapped, and, uh, and she was a stand-up, and I just was like, this is, this is, this is that's, insane. That's it was, no good, it was crazy. Um, but I did date uh, uh, my ex Nicole. I don't know. You probably met Nicole. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was wonderful. But she, you know, we she did sketch and writing, and it was a really fun creative partnership. We didn't break up because of that. There was just we, it was just compatibility stuff. Yeah. But that that was actually really fun because creatively we helped each other. You know, and yeah. she wasn't doing stand up. You know, she wasn't a stand-up. You know, she she was an actor and writer and whatever. So that was really fun. I think it's just, you know, you want to come home and you don't want to talk about stand-up, you sure. know? She did – we can cut this out if it's too weird to bring this up, but I've never asked you about the show that Nicole did on the bus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you ever see it? I didn't – I did not see her show on the bus, but I asked her – that was a little bit of a rocky period for us, and I asked her – um if it was about <laughs> part of it was about me and it, it wasn't. Oh, it was. Okay, no, so it was about her other, the other exes ones. and her life. And this uh, was a show where you could, you, the bus picked up a cool app and I went to this, you could go, the, the yeah. bus picks you up at Hollywood and Highland. It's like a double decker. Yeah. Takes you on a tour of her breakups or uh-huh. she sort of tells the story and then you yeah, have like different locations and, and what happened. And, uh, yeah, no, it was it was one of these things where when you're dating, you're so supportive of these ideas, and then you break up, and you're like, oh, shit, am I on yeah, this, yeah, uh, yeah, the other end of it? I was like, you know, because I was like, are you going to go by my house? I mean, I don't know, you know, but no. Because um, we had so many mutual friends and stuff like that, so it was it was a different, um, yeah, it was, I thought it was a hysterical idea. Um, it was insane. Yeah, so that was, that was fine creatively, I thought, actually, that was awesome. Um, but I think just generally with stand-up, I would lose my mind. And my partner now, Sarah, she has, like, she's so far removed, uh, which I actually love. You know what I mean? So we, when we talk about business stuff or, you know, work stuff, it's like this awesome, fresh perspective of, but she's also really creative and interested in story and care. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a different, it's kind of like a really healthy, different perspective versus jokes, 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 you know. Um, what is your coming out story? It was, you were, you were a full adult by the time you realized, right? I was, it was one of those things where everybody knew, you know, like the embarrassing looking back and you're like, I was the gayest, you know what I mean? But like everyone knew, but they were waiting for me to tell them. Mm-hmm. And I had a joke on my first album was like, if someone could me give me a little push in that direction, it would have been saved me like, you know, mm-hmm. five years and horrible dates with men. But, um, uh, No, I just, I really, honestly, like, I just didn't know. I really, and it wasn't like I was, like, shagging dudes all the time. I'd I'd have, like, boyfriends on and off. But I truly think if I was exposed to any gay people or gay culture, it would have happened so much sooner. Because when it did happen, it was instant. Um, I moved to New York City uh, maybe a year after I graduated college. And I sort of maybe had an inkling not that I was gay, that I just had one night where I was attracted to a woman. Mm. So when I moved to New York City, I moved in with both my sisters on Cornelia Street between Bleecker and Fourth. Like, you couldn't get yeah. gayer, right? Yeah. World. It's the most magical block. Yeah. Right by Pearl Oyster Bar. Yes, right there. Cornelia Street Cafe, which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. Oh, that is my Kate and Allie place. Yeah. yeah. Can you just imagine Kate yeah. and Allie having- Oh, my God, yes. Why isn't there a remake of Kate and Alley? Reboot that shit. God, they re- they're rebooting terrible shows that yeah. no one liked. Reboot Kate and Alley. That was a dream show. Yes. Um, so, yeah, everything was so gay. And my sisters, who are straight, worked at – they were putting themselves through grad school. They worked at the garage, which just closed, which was a restaurant on 7th and uh, right across from the duplex, right? So mm. right there. Um, Christopher – 
for years. And I would go in and everyone was gay. Like, you know what I mean? So then I just kind of, it was, became normalized and, um, I just met this gay woman and I I had like 75 gin and tonics one night. I always mm-hmm. say my twenties were fueled by Tangeray and I appreciate Tangeray. Um, and literally like I had a couple of gin and tonics and this was when I was like, Oh, maybe I am, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because everything's gay. And I'm in a cab going to see a friend of mine perform. He was a musician and I pulled over the cab. She didn't even work at Garage, but her brother did. Walked in, found her. I was like, hey, do you want to come see this band with me? Every, like, the whole garage was going after. Who's the band? This uh, this guy, Storm. He Just one word. Storm. He was the best. Scottish. Um, and so we go, and we're seeing him perform. I go to use the bathroom. She follows me into the bathroom, pushes me up against the bathroom stall. We make out. And I literally <sighs> left the bathroom gay. Like, I came. I, I It was that instant. I was like, oh, I'm gay. It was it wasn't wow. like, oh, she was attractive. I was like, it was so clear. It was like the clearest moment of my life. But then I let, I came out of the bathroom and everybody I knew was, you know, having drinks, listening to Storm perform. And I was like, like I, I, did, I had no ability to be like, this is what just happened. So I just like shoved it down and then just, you know, then it slowly kind of came out. Mm. But. Who was the first person you told? Best friend Carrie. Best friend Carrie. Mm. She's we a rock. lived together in Brooklyn. And at that time I had moved to Brooklyn. Uh we lived in like a shoebox on Carol's on Carol Gardens when before Carol Gardens became unaffordable. Uh and she was like, Yeah, and like her her reaction was like negative fifty, and I was like, Oh, okay. And she's she was like, like, This is yeah. so annoying. She's like, and you're- before you were hanging out with her and then didn't you like her? And I was like, oh, yeah, I did like her. And she was like, hello. Like, it was so like, you know, she couldn't have been bothered. And I was like, okay, this is going to be fine. Because her reaction was like, I don't give a shit, yeah. you know? And then I remember calling my one of my best friends from college, and she started screaming on the phone. She's like, this is the greatest! And she was <laughs> screaming. And and those two moments, like, were life-changing. Then I felt like, oh, I could tell my sisters. I could tell... You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was Adrian screaming over the phone and Carrie on the couch being like, yeah, and what do you want to watch on TV? It was so, like, the most boring response. And I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be fine. And the rest of your family, all, all good. Well, I mean, it was, you know, the parent stuff was rocky. But uh, when my with my sisters, they were they were like... Yeah, like, and yeah, they were like, yeah, no big deal, whatever you need, like, you know, and uh, so then, and then my mother asked me if I was gay, which was huge because she is a Catholic school teacher and doesn't talk about anything. And it was like, uh, I had been visiting her for like a week and the aunt, it was Rhode Island and I had like a 9.30 Amtrak train back to the city and she asked me at like 7.30 a.m., like just... Enough to establish that I was gay. And it was so awkward and so uncomfortable. But I knew it was going to be fine. I never knew. I never thought for a minute my parents would ever be mean in any way. It was just going to be really awkward. Because it would have been that awkward with a dude. Sure. You know what I mean? They're just awkward Irish older people. And coming out to an older Catholic person puts sex on the table. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is... They're not prepared to do. No. And then it was, are you going to have kids? What right. about kids? And I was like, right. I'm 25. Like, what do you mean? I, 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 can we just tackle the, yeah. And so she said she was, you know, she kind of stumbled through it. She said, are your entertainer friends gay? And I was like, where is she going with this? <laughs> entertainer friends? You know, it was so wildly uncomfortable. Hilarious now. But at the time I was like, she brought up being Catholic, and I was like, why? Is this a religious conversation? Like, where are we going with this? And then slowly I realized, oh, my God, is she going to ask me if I'm gay? And then she's like, are your entertainer friends gay? And I was like, some of them are, some of them aren't. I was like, they're just my friends, you yeah. know? And she's like, are you gay? And I was like, listen, uh, you know, I live in the city. Like, I did not answer it, and then she circled back. Oh, shit. Double down. And she was like, are you gay? And I was like, well, we have to do this now. And I was like, yeah, I am. And it was awkward, awkward. And then she's like, well, I'm devastated. And I said, well, I knew you would be. And then she just paused and 
and then maybe something about kids. And I was like, well, that's off the table. Like, I, I was like, I don't know. I'm twi- like, who knows? You know, and she was kind of awkward. And then she said, blockbuster video. We had a blockbuster video. And she said, well, we got to return this video before you get on the train. I go, all right, I'll return it. And I was, I don't even remember. I was like a blackout drive from sure. my house to blockbuster. I was like, dar, dar. you know, did this happen? And then I pulled back into the driveway and I was like, what is this going to be like now? And I walked in the house and she goes, Aaron, I forgot. Um, there's a Billy Crystal article in my AARP magazine about creativity. And I was like, this is how it's going to be. It's going to be not acknowledged again, but it's yeah. going to be fine. And it was never acknowledged again. To this day? I mean, like three months later, I was like dating someone. I was like, can I bring him home for, you know, can I bring her home for Thanksgiving? She's like, well, of course. And then just not. And then Karen, my long-term girlfriend in New York City, she would stay with Karen and I, and my other two sisters lived in Brooklyn. So it was fine, you know, just awkward. Right. You know? Um, You're just not going to get into the heavy stuff. No, no. I mean, any heavy stuff with my parents, like, the like, it's really my mom, because my dad is just kind of like, you know, he just kind of goes with whatever. Mm. Um, but it's my mom, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I told her, I made this stance, almost shaking how I did not want to ever go to Catholic Mass ever again. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting next to my twin, and uh, and then she heard everything I had to say, then looked at me and said, well, are you going to go? You know what I mean? So there's, you know, and then I thought, okay, she she's going to deal with this in her own time, in her own way. You yeah. know, she was raised not to talk about anything. So... You know, but we're ex- we're the closest out of the whole family, like my mom and I. So I thought, okay, how I'm going to resurrect this is, well, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> I will go to church when I'm in their house. Yeah. And if they're in my house, I will take them to church on that Sunday. And then that's it. Because I felt like I was going to ruin my relationship with them. Over one hour yeah. where I literally tune out and think about football or whoever I'm dating. Uh-huh. Usually football. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I can do that. I can tune out for an hour. It's super important to them. And, that's, and you still do that? I still do that to this day. Okay. Yeah. And and that also kind of inoculates you from ever having to discuss it further. Ever again. Yeah. I go, and they go, once in a while, they'll go, do you go to mass? And I go, you know, sometimes, I go, I go sometimes. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, I, you know, this is like, you know, and my dad's kind of, he's older and he's sick and he handed me, um, this is so Irish cat. This is going to be one of my, it's kind of, it's not sad, but it's sort of sad, but it's also hilarious. He, so he's kind of, you know, in his final stages, right? Uh, and so he handed me this envelope and I thought this is going to be like a letter about his life and our relationship. And he's like, he started like, tearing up and he was like read this when you're you know home alone and I'm like getting emotional about it now it was five pages about the Virgin Mary and so then I just was like it made me like laugh hysterical because I was like this is like to to my parents last breath it's gonna be like no like how do you feel like there's not like you know it's like you shove it down which is like in my act right you just go i'm gonna keep going you know like here's a beer here comes some emotions why are my ankles huge you just (laughs) shove it down yeah and you can live that way like five pages um megan and i like i got back home and we couldn't stop we're like this this is I, what I, about the Virgin Mary specifically? What? It was just about like how, like, I don't even know because I didn't read it because I just was like, this is insane. But yeah. not this is insane, like, but this is 10, it was like 10 steps on how the Holy Mary can help you. I don't uh-huh. know. You know what I mean? But it's for him. It's not for me. It has nothing to do with my life, right, you know? Right. But I was but like. He's trying to connect. He's just trying, yeah. you know? But I was like, it would be better if we could just sit down and have a baseball conversation because we have really great baseball conversations. He tells me about his childhood growing up on Ebbets Field, going to Ebbets. You know what I mean? I was like, that's a really sweet way to connect. Not 10 pages on the Holy Mary. Yeah. But for him, he's gotten real Catholic in the last 10 years. As his health has declined, he is ramped up the Catholicism, yeah. which I never thought would happen. I thought that was always like my mom's bag, yeah. you know? But dad is like now in it to win it. And he has picked out the Holy Mary and he's like double down on Holy Mary. And they will not um, 
I'm just, I'm, I'm extrapolating from my yeah. own experience, but they will not. Did you grow um, up Catholic? Oh yeah. Okay. Very Catholic parents. Yeah. Very, very Catholic parents. Are they similar to mine or? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any actual issue that you might have with the church and what it stands for and what it's done. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah. And it's. I remember having a similar conversation about why I don't go to mass anymore. And it was, it was, it was because of like the lack of spreading birth control in Africa and yeah. like, you know, pick, stopping one, pick an issue. Yeah. It was, it was the, yeah. the altar boys thing. It was the, you know, treatment of women. It was yeah. the treatment of gay people. It was all that. And, and I remember my mother taking it in and then saying, you just don't want to get up on a Sunday morning. No. Yeah. Oh. Which, first of all, yeah, I love getting up on a Sunday morning and you guys go to 11 o'clock mass. So yeah. what the fuck are you even talking about? You know, but oh they just can't, God. they have, yeah. they immediately justify it and, and they can't like, it is, it makes sense that a, a grown gay person would have an issue with going to Sunday mass, but they can't, they, they can't. can't see it. You they don't, you it. don't want to get up on a Sunday morning is the same sentence as Megan. Are you going to go? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. the same. And that's the moment. That's the moment where I knew, I knew in that moment It'll never be discussed. Yeah. She'll have to try to get this around her head or not, but she's an extremely intelligent woman um, in her own way, in her own time. Mm -hmm. So if I keep insisting no mass, no mass, and I never want to go to mass, like it'll probably, it'll ruin, it'll ruin it. It'll ruin our relationship. So I'm like, I can just fake it. I can fake it for an hour. Yeah. And now I try to use it as like med- like practicing like meditation. I sure. just try to mm-hmm. meditate for 10, 15 minutes. Use the time. And then I honestly, like I was just there for a couple of weeks and it was during the World Cup, you know, and I was thinking about lineups. Sure, and I sure. can think about a lineup for like 35 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> And that's literally how I get through it. That's how you do I it. I thought I'm like, do I put Rapino in? Do I yeah. put her? Do I put? Do I swap out the goalie? It's you it's pr- you know rest? what I mean. Like yeah. I had, I would go position to position. All of a sudden, oh my god, we're on communion. Yeah, this is yeah. amazing. D- uh, they went and changed the script on us. Also, they. I can't even fake the, the the. I mean, we used to have it down blind where of blah blah blah. And th- now, like, what was that? Three or four years ago? Oh, it's been probably now, ma- fifteen. No, it was Benedict. That it's been no. Yes. Has it been that long? Yeah. Where and I've with, been saying and with the your wrong spirit, things? It's been at least twelve years. Oh. Yeah. Jesus. Now and I, also with that's yeah. me during every mass. Oh, I can't. There's a script sure, and there's sure, choreography, sure. but they changed it all. And like things we've been saying our entire like there's no need. And now also there's parts where you have to hold each other's hands. I'm like, what? Are yeah, you out of your I'm mind? Not, no, I'm, I'm not, not holding that. freaking. This person's like, just yeah. no. Can you still do the creed from memory? No. But I mean, I could probably do parts. I could do parts sure. of it. Someone got me going. Yeah. But then they switched out the end part of the creed. And yes, like, they did. Yeah. And I'm like, well, come on. This yeah. is the only way I can try to get through this. Yeah. I used to love, I used to love and then hate when I was a teenager and then love again when I was an adult and I would go to mass with my parents. Uh, my dad had a little cadence at the end of the creed. Oh, yeah. We Since? And the life of the world to come. <laughs> we would just do it always like that. And I would listen yeah, to yeah. it and it made me feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. That is there. I mean, I get there's something peaceful. There's something. I, I mean, I get the draw. I'm fascinated by religion. Um, I think religion is, if I didn't, that was the only thing I, else in college, I took as many religion classes. I was obsessed with, I, I could have, I, I just love learning about religion. Um, so I get it. I get it intellectually. It's just not for me, but I don't like the, the thing where it goes horribly wrong is, oh, I'm right and you're wrong. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, how can you, like, I remember thinking as a little kid going, okay, if I happen to be Chinese, I was like maybe nine or 10, because then you're going through first Holy communion and all this stuff and all the doctrine. Um, oh, I'm going to hell because I just happen to be born in China. And I'm, you know, not yeah. pract- I'm not a practicing Catholic. I'm going to hell. How is, I couldn't get my head around that. Yeah. You know, like, it's still, I mean, it's insane. Yeah. So, you know, it's just crazy. Has something general. taken its place for you? I mean, is it comedy? Is it sports? I, I mean, I think, I think probably I have to say sports. Comedy just feels like a job. It just mm. feels like <clears throat> I love it and I love being creative and and funny, but um 
when I think about like sitting for an hour and just kind of taking it all in and tuning out my life and just really, yeah, having that sort of focus and joy, I guess, if people find religion joyous, which I think they must, um, that would be me watching hmm. a sport for sure. When you yeah. go to see that UCLA <laughs> softball team, that is that is mass. I just sit there and I, you know, because I played every sport and I miss it now. I don't play a lot anymore. You know what I mean? So, and now I've just sort of switched over to primarily watching and supporting and <clears throat> on my podcast, just interviewing female athletes. Mm -hmm. So to me, um, yeah, I, I wanted to make it like my life's mission of of telling these women's stories because their stories are unbelievable. What they have to go through every single day, and especially like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years, 40 years ago, to even play is mind-boggling. Mm. Um, and so inspirational. You know, you hear these stories and you're like, oh, oh my God, like, why am I snoozing? Like, this is awesome. So that to me, yeah, you go sit in the stands and like I went to a Sparks game last week and you're just sitting watching these like epic athletes and you're mm -hmm. three rows back and you're like, and there's little girls with jerseys on, little boys with jerseys on. Uh -huh. Like I didn't have any jerseys. I had, you know, my guys and my, it was like Phil Sims, Lawrence Taylor, like it was all men. And, they, and to think of they, they could look up and go, oh my God, Candace Parker, oh my God, Diana Taurasi, Megan Rapinoe, I can be like them. Like that's... That's like epic. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah, so I have to say that's probably my church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did you grow up with in a religious? Nothing. No. no. Atheist parents. But I did have this weird time where I went to a Southern Baptist church by choice. I had like a friend, family friends who went to it. Uh -huh. How old and were you? Like middle school. Oh, and, okay. And like probably 13, 14. And um, – and the funny thing about that is that there's there was a group of us who were all in a similar situations where our parents seemed like it seemed like our, our parents were a little bit wrong or a little bit not um, appropriate. And we all were going to church because it felt like this is where the appropriate people are going. Wow. But we slowly started to find each other and we we're all like kind of going ironically we're mocking yeah. the weird like can't be women in the choir and then like we all, we're there's like five of us now all gay really and yeah yeah so we had that sensibility even then where where was it what, waverly what? ohio oh wow yeah. ohio i know yeah. i know my, when i when i came i was just my my mom was removed me from the closet but by then there was like Justin was out, Bobby, Patrick, Scott. She was like, it's like the, it's it's like we have this haunted house that everyone, <laughs> but instead of ghosts, everyone is gay. Oh my I god, like, that's it's kind hilarious. of it's a weird, tricky metaphor, but yeah, it is kind of like that. <laughs> Are you like, still you in touch in, with those guys? Some of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty uncanny, right? It's like it's really strange, and we're from well, it's classified as a village. I mean, this is a very small town. Yeah, a lot of gay guys. Yeah. What's that show? Only the only gay in the village. Or yeah, the, Little Britain. Little Britain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had I uh, went to a small Catholic school, and of forty nine guys in my class, five of us are gay. Wow. And we were all pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah. So Weird. you so you had you were Catholic educated in in Catholic all the way system? through college all the way through college. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was a rule in the house that my parents agreed on. My dad was. Uh, Raised, you know, raised Catholic schools in Brooklyn in the fifties and just got tortured by nuns. Sure, like legitimately, like you know, would have probably had a different path in his life. Yeah. I think a happier one. Um, <clears throat> but you know, it shaped him in different ways. But he said, uh, he said to you know, mommy's like, yeah, we, we'll raise him Catholic, but absolutely no Catholic school. And my mom's a Catholic school teacher, yeah, and so that's what they agreed on. Wow, and that was. Huge. So we went to public schools the whole time. Mm. Um, as my mom was teaching in the Catholic school. Huh. Yeah. So that saved us. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was I mean, but you know, legitimately in some towns and cities like the Catholic program like the Catholic school is just so much of a better education. Yeah. So I think maybe if that had we were just in lucky enough to be in living in places with really, really strong public schools too. Um, but so but then I get that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that, yeah. My dad got like tossed out of numerous schools. Really? Yeah. He put a beard on the, drew a beard on, uh, 
the Pope in a, like a Sharpie marker got uh-huh. tossed. I mean, he's hilarious, but like they couldn't contain him, yeah. you know? It's just crazy. But he came back around to the BVM. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. And now he's doubled down. He's yeah. working some things out. Oh, it's a lot. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for doing this. Sorry, it sort of what got really like serious. I know. That's, <laughs> I like that. That is that's yeah. welcome that's what here. we aim for. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. No, I mean that's something I didn't really anticipate discussing, but like that, I don't know. It's it's a similar. So you, you find a lot of people where, where that you know mm. homosexuality and religion sure. gets weaved in, and it, to me, it's fascinating. Yeah. Like really. how you come out of it. Do you double down? Do you just, it turns you against religion? Like, how do you get your head around it? Yeah. So to hear your both of your stories, that was mm. really interesting. Aaron, you're a dream. Thank you, guys. Deep Dive is the album. Deep Dive and Sports Without Balls podcast. Yes. If you're into uh, sports or just really good stories, I switched over the format maybe seven, eight weeks ago. So I'm just interviewing... Uh, female athletes and coaches and reporters and their stories are incredible and you don't have to be a crazy sports fan or a stats person at all they're just it's really story based and it's uh it's my new obsession i'm i'm obsessed so thank you guys for letting me we're obsessed with you 